Hey, this is Shane Valenstein, the pastor at City on a Hill Community Church. I want to welcome you to our sermon podcast. I hope that this podcast helps you grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at cityonahillmd.org. Enjoy the message. We are in the, the third week of our At the Movies series. And this month, we've been looking at a different movie each week, watching clips, eating popcorn, playing trivia, and learning things in the process. Uh, But the first week, we talked about the Pirates of the Caribbean and the Curse of the Black Pearl. So I said this last week, and I'm going to remind you again, if you're watching on the live stream at home right now, which which is great, it may cut out at any time because there can be, we can run into like some copyright things on YouTube and whatnot. So whenever we do that, the movie series, if, if you're like, oh, what happened to the YouTube video? Um, the last two weeks, they, we can't have them up. We, we try to live stream them, and then they get removed. But we always have our podcast. So if you, don't, if you don't know, we have a podcast that we release each week, which is the audio of just the sermon portion. So you can, anywhere you get your podcasts, um, Apple or Spotify or wherever, you can, you can listen to the sermon that way. And those will be up um, every week on Tuesday. But uh, the first week, we talked about Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and we learned that you can't do everything on your own and that Jesus is really the only one who can, who can pay our price. And then last week, we talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, which was a lot of fun, so hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed that. But we learned a lot about the importance of mentorship. We talked about how we should have somebody investing in our life and mentoring us, and then we should be intentional about mentoring somebody else. And there is great value in that, in, in both pieces of it. And then we discovered how important it is to be intentional with our thoughts, making sure that we are thinking about positive things and thinking about the right things, holy things, pure things, things that are worthy of your thought, um, instead of focusing on, on negative things. So today, we're going to be watching a classic film, uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, is what, is what we're going to be focusing on today. So this movie is awesome, and I actually have been surprised at how many people have not seen this movie, which is like, I don't understand, right? Um, so raise your hand if you've seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, good, good. That's the, that's the way it should be. If you haven't, I won't ask you to raise your hand and embarrass yourself, but uh, um, it's, a great, it's a great movie. And um, I, to me, this is, this is one of the classic movies. Um, really, really good. So we're going to start off with trivia, and I have a confession to make. I forgot two of the trivia presents at my house. It's right by my front door this morning, and I walked out, and I left the box. So, but I have pictures of what they are, so, uh, so, so that you know what they are. So first, every week we have a $15 Fandango gift card, okay, so you can win that. And then, the, and then you can also win this Indiana Jones coffee, okay? It's a toffee treasure coffee from Bones. Uh, where's Brad? Brad, some, oh, there you are, Brad, you know, you know this coffee. Yeah, so you want this, right? All right, so uh, I figured. And then the other gift that we have is a board game, Indiana Jones, Throw Me the Idol board game. I don't know if it's any good or not, but if you're like, hey, I want to do something with the kids or not even with the kids, if you want to hang out with friends or, or your significant other, it a, it's a, seems like a fun game. So you can win either the board game, the coffee, or the gift card. Those are the options. So, and if you get the board game or the coffee, then I'll bring it next week and give it to you next week, and, and it'll, be, it'll be a good time. So, a reminder for the rules of trivia, if you haven't been here, today, every question is multiple choice. 
So I will read the question. It will not be on the screen, so you have to use your listening skills. And after I read the question, I'll look up the first hand that I see that is raised. I will call on, and you get a chance to answer. If you get it right, then you get your choice of any of the prizes. Sound good? All right. Here we go. Question number one. What does Indiana Jones find in a tree at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark? Is it A, a poison dart, B, a monkey, C, a snake, or D, a corpse? Taylor. Poison dart is correct. What would you like? The coffee? Sorry, Brad. Too slow. I'll bring you coffee next week. All right. Question number two. What is the name of Jock's pet snake in the plane? Is it A, Richie, B, Reggie, C, Robbie, or D, Rocky? Reggie is right. Good job, Jonathan. What would you like? The board game. All right, nice. So I'll bring that for you, for you next week. So last question is for you to get the gift card, okay? So you don't want to miss it. All right. What is the Ark of the Covenant believed to hold inside? And this is for the movie, okay? Not, not for the Bible. <laughs> it's for the movie. What is the Ark of the Covenant believed to hold inside? Is it A, Holy Grail, B, the Bones of Abraham, C, the Dead Sea Scrolls, or D, the Ten Commandments? Ten Commandments is correct. Good job, Tim. You did it. Yeah, you'll take the card. There you go. <laughs> nice. So you have a chance to win prizes next week. And I'm going to say for next week, uh, for the Sandlot, there's going to be a mystery prize. So you won't know what it is, but you'll have a chance to win a mystery prize, and um, uh, you won't want to miss it. It'll be a good time. So one more week to win trivia if you haven't won this week. So, all right, if you haven't seen Indiana Jones before, here is a quick synopsis of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So there are five Indiana Jones movies, one that just came out this year, which I actually haven't seen yet. I don't, I don't know if, you, if you've seen it or not. But for, for, this is for the very first one that was released in 1981. Uh, it's, this is an epic tale in which an intrepid archaeologist tries to beat a band of Nazis to a unique relic, re, religious relic, which is central to their plans for world do, domination. Battling against a snake phobia and a vengeful ex-girlfriend, Indiana Jones, it's terrible, <laughs> Indiana Jones is in constant peril, making hair's breadth escapes at every turn in his celebration of the innocent adventure movies of an earlier era. That's a ridiculous synopsis. Um, but in my opinion, the first three Indiana Jones movies are some of the best action and adventure movies that were ever created. I don't even count the two most recent films personally, but I, I haven't seen the, the, the fifth one, so I heard that it was okay. Chase, did you see it? No, 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 no he did not. So. <laughs> in, my, in my opinion, the order of the best films goes one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, then three, which is the last crusade, and then two, the uh, Temple of Doom. I think that all three are very good movies, but in my opinion, the first one is, is the best one. So we're going to start off today with one of the most iconic clips in film, in, in movie history. Um, and uh, this is the opening scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And so I added a few things out because we're in church today. But Indy has, has arrived at an ancient temple, okay? This is the very beginning of the movie. 
And he arrived at an ancient temple with a guy that isn't the most trustworthy person in the world. But they're at this ancient temple in pursuit of a golden idol, this treasure that they're trying to find. The problem is the temple is just filled with booby traps everywhere. It's not safe whatsoever. And, uh, and the temple has taken the lives of many people before them. So Indy attempts to, to steal this idol, but he has to make it through this whole temple that is just filled with traps everywhere. It's really not safe, and it's kind of chaotic. So we're going to watch this clip uh, in, in movies, really. And, and something that is, is really remembered. I mean, if, you went to, if you've been to Disney World, right, like the Indiana Jones show is really fun. It shows, shows all of those things. But the thing is here, Indiana Jones thinks that he's successfully fooled the temple. Right? He thinks that he's successfully gotten past all of the traps that are in place to, to steal this idol, and we can see that he didn't actually trick the temple and all of the, the traps that, that were set up. Um, and he did come out of that temple alive, obviously, because it's the beginning of the, of the movie, and there are five more or four more movies that follow. But I want to focus on his attempt to replace the idol with a bag of sand, which is really the scene that everybody remembers. And sometimes... That's exactly the way that we try to go about our lives, right? Like sometimes we try to fool everybody else into thinking one way about us that isn't exactly accurate. Sometimes we try to fool God into uh, thinking that, that we are living a certain way that we actually aren't living. And, and we try to fool others and God in, into, uh, or we try to fool them by replacing a, something that is valuable with a bag of sand in our, in our lives. And in Galatians, 6 uh, verses 7 through 9, Paul was writing to the church in Galatia, and this is, this is what he said. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Some versions say God cannot be fooled. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, no matter how hard you and I try, no matter how hard we, we may attempt this, we can't fool God. You, you and I will never trick God into thinking that we are something that we're not. You got, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And now you may be sitting here saying to yourself, yeah, obviously, I know that, that I can't fool God. Obviously, I know that, that that's the case. But we still live our lives as, as if we can. The way that we go about our lives is still in a way where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I don't actually think that, that I can trick God. I don't actually think that I can fool him into thinking one way about me that isn't true. But the way that we go about our life reflects as if we think that way. I mean, if, if you live your life and you know, I mean, nobody really knows this. I mean, maybe some people do, but you truly know. The way that you live your life outside of this place, is it an accurate reflection of the way you appear to live your life inside of this place? You know the answer to this. And I, I'm not going to get you to raise your hand. I'm not going to get you to, to admit one thing or another. But you know the answer. We, Because people are very good at being chameleons very good at playing the part. We're very good at appearing one way when really we may not be that way. That's a normal thing for most people. We're good at adapting. 
You know, and then like the longer that you go somewhere or the, or the longer that you experience something, you can kind of morph yourself into whatever the expectation is if you want to fit in. We all can do that. It's, it's kind of like an unhealthy trait that, that people have. But the truth is this, character, your character cannot be counterfeited. It can't be. True character will ultimately be revealed. And the question that you and I need to ask ourselves and if we're going to actually be honest, is how fake am I? How fake are you? And there, this can be a fine line. Because there are times when we're not necessarily being fake, but we're, we are just meeting expectations. We don't want to you know, upset anybody. Or maybe when, when you come to church and you're like, okay, I'm just going to come. I don't want to make any waves, so I'm just going to come. And I, this isn't really the real me, but I'm just going to be here and, and, uh, and do the best that I can and, and appear a certain way. I get that. But in, in reality, how fake are you? For example, when you're face-to-face with a person... Are you just like the nicest, sweetest, most kind, friendliest, best friend in the whole world? And then the minute that that person leaves, you're just rolling your eyes and you're talking about them and you're upset and you're like, oh, that person just gets on my last nerves. You just trash them when they're gone. And you, you know this. And to be honest, every one of us has done this at one point or another. Every one of us. And if you're going to sit here and tell me that you haven't, then you're already fake. Right? You've already crossed the line. Because we know that every single one of us has gone down this road. Beyond that, do you play the part at church? Do you stand here and you, and you sing? You raise your hands? Maybe you even serve. Maybe you even tithe. Maybe you even have a board seat. Maybe you're even on staff. Maybe you're even the lead pastor. And like, do you, do you get to the place where you play the part? where you know what the expectations are, you know what people are looking for, and you want to play the part, and then you leave here and you're different. You're here at church and you've got, you've got your bag of sand. And you think, nobody's going to know if I replace God with this bag of sand. And I'm just going to put that there really quick. And then you think, I'm, gonna, I'm in the clear. Fooled him again. Not even just people, but God. Because I can go about my life and do whatever I want. Like we come here, we do all the right things, and then when you walk out, do you stab someone in the back? Do do you actually reflect the character of Jesus or do you reflect the opposite of Jesus? And the truth is, you and I can fool each other for a period of time. Not always. I think that we are not actually as good at playing the part as we think we are. We're not as good at faking it as we think we are. Because we think, oh, they've got no idea. But most of the time, other people are like, there's something different here. I don't necessarily trust what this person's selling me. I don't, I don't know if what this person is communicating is, is the real them. And that's okay to a certain point. And, and even if we do fool each other, okay, We will never, ever, ever fool God. Never. All that we're doing is walking around with this bag of sand that God sees, and we think that we tricked him. Don't be so arrogant 
that we think our life outside of this place doesn't matter. Now, when it gets down to it, we're all hypocrites. All of us. Every single one of us are hypocrites in some form or fashion. Because none of us are perfect. And sometimes we are intentionally being hypocritical, and sometimes we're unintentionally being hypocritical. It happens. I get it. But I want you to ask yourself, how fake are you? How much of a show are you putting on? How many masks do you have? Be honest with yourself. You know, and you don't need to tell me. You don't need to tell anybody else. But I want to challenge you. This is not a place to be fake. But this is the place to be really who you are. Authentic. Because if we can't do that here, where else can we do it? If we can't be honest about what, what's going on in our lives here, then what, what are we even doing? What good is this place? If you, if you can't talk to me or, or somebody else about the struggles that you're having in your life, then the chances are what you're going to do is push it deep down or you're going to get advice from somebody who's not going to give you godly advice, which in turn is not going to be good advice. It's just the reality of it. And we all need help. We all need people to come alongside of us. Because all of us have our stuff that we deal with. And it's different for everybody. Maybe for you it is gossip. Maybe for you it's an addiction to something. Maybe for you it's arrogance and pride. Whatever it may be, I don't know, but you know what your thing is and everybody has it. So if everybody has a thing, then why are we embarrassed about it? Right? If you and I all struggle with something, then why are we so embarrassed and we keep things close to the chest? And this is where the church has failed. And for that, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about City on Hill specifically. I'm talking about the church as a whole. The church has failed in this way. When people do come with their garbage, we shame them. And we make them feel bad. And we say, ooh, that's dirty. Ooh, that's not good. That, ooh, wow. Me, on the other hand, <laughs> I don't deal with that. So I'll pray for you because I'm, I'm holier than thou. I'll pray for you, you know, and uh, God willing, you can get on my level one day. And we look down on people and we think, oh man, well that person, whew, they need, Lord help them, right? They need help bad. As if we all don't have something. Every single one of us, myself included, every one of us, who do we think that we are to stand up in front of each other and put somebody else down for what they struggle with? If we cannot come to the church and if we cannot come into this place and be honest, be authentic, be authentically you, then we're not growing because we're not actually facing the things in our life that are holding us back. Instead, we're hiding them and we're playing the part. We're ultimately given two, give, given two options in life, okay? We are either sowing for the flesh or we're sowing for the spirit, and it can't be faked. In other words, you're either living for you or you're living for God. Those are the only options in life. I know that I'm really simplifying this whole life thing that we're, that we're all doing together, but those are really the only options. It's either you're living for God or you're living for you. And you may say, well, no, I'm not living for me. I like to do things. No, if you're not living for God, you're ultimately living for you. 
and you're just faking it along the way. And if you, if, if you are living an authentic life for Jesus, it's something that can't be faked, and it's something that will be recognized by people. We, we will see it. There is no in-between here. There's no like, well, today I'm living for me, and then tomorrow I'll live for God if I have time, and then, but then the next day, it's kind of a busy day, and I can't be on my game. Like, I, God, I can't worry about the way that you want me to live. I just got to do what I got to do so that I'll live for me that day, and then the next day, God, then, then I'll live for you. It, there, there is no in-between. There's no one, or it's, it's not like we can have one foot in the one side and one foot in the other. It's you are living for God, you are sowing for, for the Spirit, or you are sowing for the flesh. The only options, where do you fall? And it doesn't mean you're perfect. We've already established that. doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. But we have to understand that we are intentionally sowing for one or the other. And then the other thing is, whatever you sow, you reap. Now, we do not serve a God of karma. Praise the Lord. We do not serve a God of karma. And I found this, I find this interesting that even Christians believe in karma sometimes. Can I just tell you the truth? It's not real. Karma is not real. It's not that, oh, okay, if I do this good thing, then I get paid back this good thing. And if I do this bad thing, I get paid back that bad thing. That's, that's, not, that's not it. Now, the Bible does tell us what we reap is what we sow. And then you're like, well, isn't that karma? It's a, it's a form of it. It's like kind of going that way. But we don't serve a God of karma, we serve a God of grace. If we served a God of karma, then none of us would make it to heaven. That's the truth. None of us would go there. Because we all fall short, we all sin, we all are selfish, we all do those things that we've already established. I've told you how terrible of a person you are already this morning, right? (laughs) We don't serve a God of karma, we serve a God of grace who comes alongside of us and says, even when you fall, even when you fall short, My grace is enough. It's sufficient. And the way that you sow for the Spirit is you accept God's grace. And when you accept God's grace, it changes the way that you live your life. And then all of a sudden, you're not living for yourself. You're living in a way where it says, man, I was given something that I didn't deserve. Grace. Love, mercy, salvation. I was given something that I didn't deserve even when I was doing the exact opposite. And because I was given that, now I want to live in a way that reflects the grace that was given to me by the, by the person, by the God who gave it to me. That's, that's what it means to sow for the, for the spirit. But if you sow for the flesh, all that that means is me, 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 me. How can I get more for me? How can I make sure that I've got all of my stuff? And then if there's any left over, then sure, I'll help somebody else or maybe I'll support somebody else. But I need to make sure that I have enough for me and that I get my fill and I'm focused on all the things that are comfortable for me and that I like. When you live for yourself, it will be obvious. When you live for the Spirit, it will be obvious. And you can't fake it. You may think that you tricked them but I guarantee you that you didn't. Later in in the movie, the Nazis have captured the Ark of the Covenant, and they are attempting to transport it to Cairo. And uh, Indiana Jones is not about to let that happen because the the problem here 
Um, and, and the way that, if you've never seen the movie, um, they believe that the Ark of the Covenant holds these special powers, and, and they, they want to use it for world domination because that's what the Nazis do, right? They're, they're looking for world domination. That's, that's the whole point. And so Indiana Jones discovers, he hears, and you'll see in the clip, that now they have the Ark of the Covenant, and they, are, and they loaded it into a truck, and they're going, they're getting away. So he attempts to stop them. He's trying to figure out, how can I prevent this from happening. Watch this. Boy, if that, if that theme music isn't some of the best, right? Right up there with Jurassic Park. Oh my goodness, that's great. So I can totally relate to Indiana Jones here before he goes after the truck. Did you, ca- did you catch what he said when somebody asked him, how are you going to get to the truck? What he said was, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. I don't know if you can relate. I can relate. It's like, I I don't know exactly how this is all going to work out. I don't know exactly how this is going to end. Indiana Jones didn't know if things were going to work out. But the one thing that he did know was that in that very moment, he needed to go after the truck. He needed to try. He trusted that, that he was doing the right thing regardless of how it was going to end, regardless of what was going to happen in the end. And that's really the the story of any hero, right? Any, uh, any superhero movie that, that, that you may see or whatever, where there's, there's a hero figure, they're willing to do what is right no matter what it takes, no matter what, what it costs them. But I love the, the honesty here with Indiana Jones where he's like, I don't know. I'm making it up. But I'm going to try. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure it out. And in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul is talking about the reason that Christians have to be confident. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 10, it says, Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we, for we must all appear, go to the next slide there, for there, appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us it, for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So we see here, what Paul is saying is that like, look, I know that we want to have all of the answers to everything, but the truth is we don't need all of the answers we just need to take the right step in front of you right now. Because it said in verse 7, this is the key verse of that passage, we live by faith, not by sight. We live in trust. We live saying to God, okay, God, you know what? I'm, I'm putting my faith in you. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is all going to work out. You, if, it would really be nice if you could just like give me a glimpse into the future, if you could just like promise me that this is where I'll end up one day in, in life, if you could just promise me that, that, that my life will work out this way, or if you just give me like a game plan. Hey, here's what to expect over the next five years. Give me like a five-year plan, 10-year plan, so that I know what, that, that what I'm doing is not for nothing. And, and then, then God, then I'll take a step. Then I'll move in that direction. And Indy Indy didn't know how he was going to catch a truck, but he just knew that he needed to go after it. It was the right thing to do in that very moment, and he trusted that that it would work out. 
be faithful today. You want to know what God asks of you? Be faithful today. That's it. Today. Not, not, not worrying about tomorrow, a week from now. Today. How are you going to be faithful and trust God today? And it may look different for each one of us. But that, that's all that God is asking. Because be faithful today, be confident today, because even if, this is what Paul says in this passage, even if our life ended today, if you know Jesus, then you have confidence that you're going to be home with him. You have nothing to lose. If you know Jesus and if you have a relationship with Jesus, you and I have nothing to lose today. Because even if the worst possible thing happened to us today, which would be our lives ending, we go home with Jesus today. That's the confidence that we have. And not only is it confident, Paul talks about this in other times in, in, the, in, the, in the New Testament as well, but he says a little bit here, it, that's where he would prefer to be, home with Jesus, home with the Lord. And, and what he says is, when we are here in our body, then it means that we are not home yet. We're here on this earth. When we're here in our body, then it means that we are still away from the Lord. Now he's provided his presence, he's provided his spirit that works in our lives, but we're not home yet. That's the goal. That's the finish line. That's where we want to be. So, so if you're like, hey, God, can you just promise me that it'll all work out in the end? He has. He already has. He's provided that assurance in his son Jesus by him coming to this earth, dying for us, so that now we have confidence to know, even if my life falls apart, even if everything goes wrong, even if I don't get what I want, I have confidence because Jesus had promised me that through his sacrifice, I'll be home. One day. One day. So you and I don't need to go about this life timid, scared, not knowing what's going to happen. We have nothing to lose. See, when, when life is kicking you in the teeth, when you're just frustrated with how things are going, when, when, when other people are just being buttheads around you, and you're like, this is just so frustrating, and, and, and life is not going the way that you want it to go. Here's something that it can be really freeing. You don't need to have all the solutions. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to step into every situation and be like, all right, everybody listen to me. Here's what we're going to do. I've got it all figured out. You don't need to do that. You just need to do the right thing right now. And most of the time, Actually, all of the time, the right thing right now is to love God, love people, and love yourself. We don't need to make it more complicated than that, do we? We don't need to make it more complicated than that. You want to know how to live a life of authenticity? You want to know how to live a life that reflects who Jesus is? Love God, love people, and love yourself. You do those three things, you're doing good. But what a lot of us do is love ourselves. if we have time, love God, and we don't love people. That's what most of us do. Love God, love people, love yourself. That's the next step to take. Do you know how freeing it is to come alongside and say, I don't really know what I'm doing. 
I'm just making it up as I go, but I'm trusting that God has got me. Let me give you some insight into how I pastor. I don't know what I'm doing at all. I'm making it up as I go, but I'm trusting God to provide. Now, I'm a little more strategic than that, okay, just, just so you know. But still, I don't know how things are going to end up. Terry, if you asked me a year ago if we'd be here, pff, I'd have been like, what's countryside? Savage? There's, there's a church there? No idea. But God provided. I didn't do anything to bring us here. I just made it up as I go. Do the right thing today. If you're faithful today, tomorrow will take care of itself. If you're faithful today, God will always provide for you. Actually, he'll provide for you even when you're not faithful, but we just don't always accept it. That's the reality. God's providing whether or not you're accepting it or not, and we're just missing the boat. Be faithful today. Choose him today. This is where trust comes in. And, and when, when we struggle with this, really what we're struggling with is trust. We don't actually trust God to provide for you like he said that he would. That's the reality of it. If you're not living in a way that is faithful to God, that is reflecting who he is, then what you're saying is you don't trust that he is enough. Are you willing to hand everything in your life over to him? Or do you need a step-by-step plan? Do you need God to come alongside and say, hey, Here's, here's every step that, that you're going to take. And if you follow these directions, it's a whole packet. Maybe it's a Google Doc that he can send to you that you just have everywhere that you go. And then you're like, okay, great. I'll just follow these instructions. Because guess what? Even if we had that, we wouldn't follow it. Because we still would be like, eh, not so sure about that. I don't know. If I do this, then I'm, I'm not so sure. It's kind of like following Apple Maps in your car. You ever do that where you're like, eh, I don't know if this is the best way to get there. I don't know if Waze is actually telling me if they, if they got the best solution. I think I know better. Chances are it's probably better than your directions. In the car is what I'm talking about. Definitely in your relationship with God. I guarantee you it's better than anything that you could ever plan. Live by faith not by sight. And when we do live that way, we don't always see the solutions, but that doesn't mean that you don't take a step. That doesn't mean that you don't trust. Rather, it means, that, that's exactly what faith is. We think, ah, oh, man, why? Why wouldn't God just like reveal himself in a, in a supernatural way to us where it's like, oh, this is so obvious that, that God is real, that Jesus is who he says he is. So it still wouldn't be enough. It still would not be enough, no matter what. But true faith means when you don't have all the answers, you still trust. Are you willing to take the next right step? So I'm going to invite the worship team up as we get ready to close. And you, you got to think about your life, okay? Everything we talked about today is meant to be practical application for your life recognizing that you have a responsibility to live a certain way based on the way Jesus has called us to live. But it's your choice. Every, th- every Sunday, I feel like I say that. This is your choice. It's nobody else's choice. But the reality is, if you think that you're fooling everybody, you're not. 
If you think you're fooling God, you're definitely not. And if you don't know what to do, just take one step closer to him. And it all starts right here, right now, by talking to him, praying, and saying, God, convict me of what I need to be convicted of. That's a scary prayer to pray, but it's an important prayer to pray. Convict me of what needs convicting. Show me what I need to do today. And then trust him. Trust him. Say, okay, whatever you call me to do today, that's what I'm going to do. I want to love you more. I want to love the people around me more. I want to love myself more. And when you do that, you show his love every single time. So make it up as you go while putting your entire faith in him. It is so freeing to know that the weight of the world is not on your shoulders. So freeing. Changes everything, amen? Let's stand and let's sing together.